Hey everyone, Chad here and welcome to the Light Your Fire podcast where it is my mission to light the human spirit on fire. Today's topic is the deconstruction process and this is not new to any of us. We've all been taught to take big work items and to break them down into bite-sized pieces but I want to highlight the power of this process when you use it in your daily training and how it can actually make that training not only more enjoyable but more effective. Now you might be thinking to yourself, well, I don't really train. I would ask you to still stay tuned. Maybe I can get you to start thinking a little bit about moving that body every day. Okay, to make it fun, I wanna start off with a quick story that I think you'll find interesting. It's about a guy named James Lawrence who is known as the Iron Cowboy. There's a lot to say about James, so I'll keep it short. I first found out about him years back when I watched a documentary called The Iron Cowboy, The Story of the 50-50-50, where he did 50 Ironmans in 50 days in 50 states. Now, he wasn't actually doing Ironman races. Ironman is a brand they put on the races. He wasn't doing that in every state. He was doing the distances. So there's no way that he could line up an Ironman in every single state for 50 days in a row. He just set out to say, I'm going to go from state to state to state. And in every state, I'm going to do an Ironman in 50 days. So he started in Hawaii because it's a logistical nightmare. You have to do the Ironman and you have to get in the car and get to the next state and then wake up and do it again. And so just to just to kind of bring to attention how absurd this actually is, the Ironman is what I did in Lake Placid, New York this past July. It's a, a 2.4 mile swim, 112 mile bike, 26.2 mile run. So you're ending with a marathon run, which just doing that every single day would be absurd. Not to mention biking 112 hours, swimming for 2.4 miles. So my entire Ironman took me a little over 15 hours. I trained from March, April, May, June into July. It was at the end of July. Trained specifically for the Ironman. I had a fitness base going into that and I did a half Ironman a couple months prior. I did a 50 mile ultra, but really I had... I had, I was in shape, but I did not have any kind of ultra training for the 50 miler. I did not have any kind of triathlon training, let alone Ironman training for those kind of distances going into my half, which was October of 2021. So then March of 2022, when I started really training for the Lake Placid Ironman in July, I was, I was nowhere near like I, I was good enough to get through, but I was nowhere near like a competition level. So 15 plus hours a day, but just think that he's doing 50 of these in a row. So even if he is really fast, he's not going to go fast. He's still going to spend that amount of time out on the course. I mean, you're running a marathon every single day. That's five, probably five, six hours it's taking him. Biking, six, seven hours. I mean, he's up there with like 15, 16 hours a day. He's He did it in 50, 50 days in 50 different states. It's a fascinating documentary. I highly suggest you go watch it. He was actually trying to raise over a million dollars. He felt extremely short of that. There was this subplot going on. A lot of his fans turned on him. I'm not going to ruin any of that for you, but he's got his family with him. He's got his kids with him. There are very emotional points. There's a point where he's actually out on the course riding his bike and he falls asleep. He wrecks. There's another point where he actually just gets off his bike and he's done. He's just done. He's shut down and it's over. And it's just, it, the whole thing's crazy. And I know you're probably saying to yourself, is it like, is something like that really good for you? I don't know the answer to that. What I do know is that if you, if you follow him and you pay attention to some of the things that he's doing, he talks a lot about how the body is adapting. It's the mental limitations that we put on ourselves. 
And so when you start to open your mind up about the things that are actually possible and you believe it and you set out and you you do the things that you need to do to get your you know, there's obviously training required, but just pushing through those mental boundaries, the body will start to adapt and you'll do things that you never dreamed of doing before. And one of the trainers that he he was getting to come train him and help him actually said, I don't think you can do it. There's no way. And then during the documentary, he talks about how James is actually getting stronger. He's getting stronger as it goes. The first couple of days, right off the bat, it's super interesting. It gets you kind of hooked because he's hooked up to IVs in the back of a van. He's only on like the second or third Iron Man, <laughs> and he still has 47 to go to hit the record. So it's extremely interesting. It's ex- extremely fascinating. But fast forward, and I'm listening to him on the Ed Milet show. He's talking about, and this is a podcast. It's a really good podcast. I definitely recommend looking it up because James Lawrence, not only is he pushing boundaries physically, he his mental conditioning strength, he, he's super intelligent. And so for him to put himself into these kind of things and then be able to articulate back the things that he's taking away from them. It's just extremely valuable how he can he can do that and his talent for doing that. So when you listen to the show, it's it's probably one of the best shows I've ever heard on mental conditioning, mental strengthening. It's the Ed Milet show, it's James Lawrence, it's the Conquer 100 where he talks about how he thought that if he just got rid of the logistical nightmare of the states trying to do an Ironman in every state, over over 50 days straight, if he just got rid of that requirement, he, th- he thought that he could probably double the amount of Ironmans that he did. So yes, he signed up to do 100 Ironmans in 100 days straight. And they were, they were broadcasting it live on Instagram or Twitter, one of them, some social platform. And right around Ironman number 97, he thought to himself, I'm gonna do one more because I'm always telling people you can push further than you ever thought possible. 100 seems impossible, even to him right then and there. I don't wanna speak for him, but basically he was, you know, you're that close to the end. Can you only imagine saying, you know what, I'm just gonna do one more. And so they showed up, they did one more. A lot of people didn't tune in. Ed Milet didn't even know that he did one more. So he reveals it on the show. It's It's amazing. Just to hear him talk about it, I'm actually in the Iron Man group on Facebook. Someone was talking about this, and they they were commenting on one of my comments and said, I actually was out there. I ran with him. James Lawrence actually welcomes people to come run with him, from what I hear, during his marathon every single day for 100 days. It's all just really awesome and crazy to even think about. I did one in July. I could not imagine having to wake up the next day and do another Ironman. That's just insanity. And his team actually talked about for the 100 that if they they thought the first 16 or 17 were gonna be the most difficult. And that if he could just get through that, then he would be okay. The body, like every day would just be another training day almost. Like his body was just getting adapted and or it was adapting and he was pushing through. It's It's absurd to even think about, but one of the things he talks about on the podcast that I wanna bring back to the this, what I'm trying to share with all of you here, is his deconstruction process. So he would say that people would come up to him on his runs and, and say things like, you only have seven left, and he's thinking, no, I only have three left. And they're like, no, 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 you have seven Ironmans left. Like, we've been counting, you have seven more to go. And he's like, oh my gosh, like, I'm, I have three miles left on this run, I'm not even thinking about the number of Ironmans I have left, right? So in his mind, 
he wasn't every single day counting down the amount of Ironmans he had left. If if he did that, it would have drove him crazy. He actually talks about how when he broke his own record of doing more than 50, his team celebrated that. And that was it was actually difficult because that made him aware that he was only halfway done. He still had to do 50 more Ironmans to get through this thing. And so he's on the micro. He's thinking about what do I have to do to finish this next three miles execute? Boom, boom, boom. Not thinking about, oh, I still have seven more Ironmans to go. And so that same mentality, that same philosophy, I apply that to a lot of my different training runs. So I always recommend people if you're not on the days where you're not strength training, strength training is really important. Getting functional movement in your day is really important squats, deadlifts, all the things that you're going to do on a day-to-day basis, strengthening those movements, strengthening your muscles, building muscle mass, skeletal muscle mass, that is all really important. On the days you're not doing that, it is also important to keep your body active, keep it moving. Try to as much as possible. I know a lot of people work and you're at a computer all day, but as much as possible, keep your body moving. So if you're doing walks, if you're doing jogs, if you're doing runs, just to maintain that cardio health, that cardiovascular health, not meaning not a part of a training plan. So if you're doing a half a half marathon training plan or a marathon training plan or even a 5K, 10K, stick to your plan. I don't want to derail you from that. But if you're just looking for ways to make your daily walks, jogs, runs a little bit more engaging and potentially more effective, then try this process of deconstructing it. So you take your walk, jog, or run and you break it down into intervals. And so if we talk about high intensity interval training for a second, that's where you're elevating your heart rate into a higher heart rate zone. So typically we talk about zones of heart rate one through five. So you're going into a higher zone and then you're recovering. So you're usually working out for a a period of time that's, let's just say two times the amount of recovery. So in minutes, we'll just say for an easy example, you go two minutes into a higher heart rate zone or at a higher heart rate, and then you come down for one minute at a recovery rate, right? So let's apply this high intensity interval training model to running. I call it my my stack runs. I just, <laughs> I don't know, there's probably another name out there for it, but basically I'm taking a high intensity interval training methodology and I'm applying it to my runs and it makes them very engaging and I would assume that it's making them pretty effective as well from a body fat shredding perspective because high intensity interval training is really good for body fat shredding. If you're, if you're being very active in the right heart rate zones, your body's going to burn that body fat. So applying this model looks like this from a walk, jog, run perspective, five minute warm up. I'll just give you an easy layout, five minute warm up, and then do two minutes at a higher heart rate one minute at a recovery rate. So that could be walking a little bit faster for two minutes and then coming down for a a nice, easy one minute walk. Then two minutes faster, one minute walk, right? So you're just going in these intervals. And if you do those intervals five times, because that's three minutes, two minutes of high intensity, one minute of lower intensity or recovery, that's a three minute interval. So if you do that five times, you hit 15 minutes. Now do a five minute cool down and you're at 25 minutes total. Five minute warm up, 15 minute interval training, and then a five minute cool down. In 25 minutes, you just got a very effective walk, jog, or run, right? You got the, you got your body moving, you're gonna be sweating. I sweat like, I, when I'm done doing these, I wring out my shirt. And now keep in mind, this is all relative. So you're, you're, say you're running, 
your fast two minutes might be an 11 minute per mile pace. And then your recovery might be 13 minute per mile pace. I don't know. I don't know that. I know for today, what I did was this exact model. I went a couple minutes warm up and then I went two and one intervals. So two minutes faster, I was trying to be under a sub eight minute per mile pace. And then every time that I was running the two minutes faster, I would get faster. So each set I was getting faster, but my recovery minute was always the same. So I was right around nine minute per mile recovery. And so I did that eight times. So 24 minutes I spent doing my intervals with a little bit of a warm up, And then I did a, a, a little bit of a longer cool down. I really tried getting my heart rate down without drastically slowing down. So I was just doing a, I think around a nine minute per mile jog and then a 10 minute per mile jog. And I was kind of cooling down in 37 minutes. I did four miles. So that intervals was where I really crushed the three miles. And then the warm up and the cool down was basically another mile. And I was drenched, like drenched. And so I think, I think when people just get on there and like, Oh, I got to do 25 minute jog that becomes challenging. And then you end up just kind of walking like you're not, there's really no intention behind it or you're going out for walks with your dog. I'm not putting any of that down. And you might be someone that throws on music, throws on an audio book, throws on a podcast and you just go and you zone out. You're not even worried about the time. Awesome. I'm not trying to derail anyone from any of that. What I'm trying to bring attention to is a different style of a model that you might find very interesting and effective. If you can break down that training, that 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 run, jog, walk that you're doing into intervals that potentially could be a lot more effective for you and make it a lot more engaging, then that's what I was trying to call attention to. So wanted to share with everyone here. It's one of the things that I really enjoy doing. I've shared it with a couple of members from my gym. They really like this model, Shauna being one of them. She actually told me after she did it, she really liked it. It got her like, she's not someone that likes to run on a treadmill. So when she started doing it, she was like, I actually really like that. And you're going to feel it. Like those two minutes, you turn on music, turn on your song and you're in it. And then for that one minute recovery, you get your water, you put on another song. And then that next two minutes, you're just listening to that new song. And so you have your five songs lined up that you really want to hear that you really want to go to and boom, 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 boom. Before you know, you got 25 minutes in. So on the days that you're not feeling like you're moving your body that much, or you're trying to do your walk, jog and run, this can be a very effective technique. That's it. I'm out. Boom. Big thanks to you for listening. If you enjoyed, please share with a friend. That's the only way this thing will grow and you'll be helping me in the biggest way possible. Please make sure to subscribe to my Friday Fire newsletter. It's full of meaningful and insightful content for you to use as fuel for your life. When you subscribe, you will immediately get an email with links to one of my favorite motivational videos of all time, a link to the book that I gift the most because of the power within, and a digital copy of my short performance playbook on life. Subscribe via the link in the show notes. You can unsubscribe at any time.